Hello, and thank you for deciding to spend some time with us on this very important weekend. It is a weekend of reflection, a weekend to get together with family and friends, and a day to be thankful for being born in a nation where our brothers and sisters are willing to answer the call and possibly lay down their lives, and a day to remember those brave heroes that paid the ultimate sacrifice for us and for their brothers and sisters in arms. Today, service will be slightly different from our traditional services. We will begin with our opening prayer, move to a blessing for our soldiers, and then a short history. I am glad you have joined us today as we pay respect to our nation's heroes. Lord, we begin today by giving you thanks. Your love endures forever. It never fails, though there are many ways in which we have failed. We have not exceeded the supply of your mercy and grace. We thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word. As we open today's service, we pray that we would hear your voice. We ask that your Holy Spirit work through us, opening our ears to hear in our hearts to receive your word. May we be transformed into your likeness. Amen. Good morning. In Psalm 65, 8, it says, The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades. You call forth songs of joy. Today is another opportunity. We have the joy to worship today. Each one of us is called to enter into worship. So leave behind the baggage and just enter into his presence today. Today we are paying respect to our heroes that have left us far too early in their efforts to create a better world for our nation and for each of us. Memorial Day is more than a day for barbecues, car sales, and a day off from work. Memorial Day commemorates the men and women who died while in the military, particularly those who died in battle or as a result of wounds sustained in battle. In other words, the purpose of Memorial Day is to memorialize the veterans who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country and for each of us. On Monday, May 31st, Americans across the country will remember the brave men and women who gave their lives for this country. Whether you plan to observe the holiday with a parade, a service, or a moment of silence, we ask that you do observe the reason for Memorial Day. For as Elmer Davis said, this nation will remain the land of the free, only so long as it is the home of the brave. And our flags, our flag does not fly because the wind moves it. It flies with the last breath of each soldier who died protecting it. And for that, we give thanks. Memorial Day began April of 1865, at the end of the Civil War, when Union troops entered the city of Charleston, South Carolina. A great many of the white residents of Charleston had left the city in advance of the soldiers, but the black citizens remained, welcoming the troops to the city where it had all begun four years earlier. Among those Union soldiers was the 21st Colored Infantry later joined by the 54th Massachusetts and the 34th and 104th United States Colored Troops. Near the war's end, the Confederacy had erected a makeshift prison. This prison was for Union soldiers in what has been the Washington Race Course and Jockey Club. The conditions 
They were horrendous, and it is recorded that 257 of them died of disease, all hastily buried in a mass grave. David Blight, a history professor at, at Yale, discovered archival records which showed that in April of 1865, black workmen from Charleston disinterred the remains of those soldiers, reburied them with proper respect, and then built a tall fence around this new cemetery. On the fence's archway, they placed a sign that read, Martyrs of the Racetrack. According to the records, Blight found Including a contemporary report from the New York Tribune on May 1st, they dedicated this cemetery. 10,000 people paraded along the racetrack in what the correspondent called a procession of friends and mourners as South Carolina and the United States never saw before. Now I'm going to quote the rest of this from an article speaking about this specific event. The procession was led by 3,000 black school children carrying armloads of roses and singing the Union marching song, John Brown Body. Several hundreds black women followed with baskets of flowers, wreaths and crosses. Then came black men marching in cadence, following by contingents of Union infantrymen. Within the cemetery, a black children's choir sang, We'll rally around the flag and the star-spangled banner and spirituals before a series of black ministers read from the Bible. After all this pomp, this decoration day continued on much as Memorial Day does today. Picnics, speeches, and the enjoyment of a hopefully beautiful spring day. Yet, that's not a story that most folks in the U.S. know. Most of us, perhaps particularly those of us who identify or are identified as white, probably learned a very different origin for Memorial Day. Although I'd wager few of us actually remember the lesson that we did learn. On May 5, 1868, three years after the Civil War ended, the head of an organization of Union veterans, Major General John A. Logan, established Decoration Day as a time for the nation to decorate the graves of the more than 620,000 soldiers who died during the war, whose bodies, he wrote, now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet, churchyard in the land. He said that Decoration Day, as he called it, should be observed each year on May 30th. It is believed that date was chosen because the end of Mayflowers be in bloom pretty much all over the country, although there is the alternative explanation that he chose the date because it wasn't the anniversary of any battle fought during the war. That first official Decoration Day was celebrated in more than 27 states, with more than 5,000 people at Arlington National Cemetery alone. By 1890, every state that had fought for on the Union side celebrated Decoration Day on May 30th. For more than 50 years, however, until 1918, the holiday was dedicated just to those who died in the Civil War. It wasn't until we entered World War I that it began to remember those who died in all of our wars. And it wasn't until the 70s, in the midst of the Vietnam War, that it became an official U.S. holiday. In 1968, the date of Memorial Day, as it was by then called, was changed from May 30th, regardless of what day of the week that was, to where it is now, the last Monday in May. Ever since then, though, 
there has been opposition to this change, with some veterans groups worrying that doing this just turned it into another three-day weekend and the signal for the start of summer. Even as recently as 2012, when he died, Senator Daniel Inyu reintroduced a bill each year to put Memorial Day back where it used to be on our calendar and hopefully back to what it was meant to be in our national psyche. Bowlesburg, Pennsylvania claims to have been the first place to celebrate a Decoration Day in 1864 when there was a gathering of women to mourn those who'd recently died at Gettysburg. Carbondale, Illinois, argues that it's the birthplace of today's Memorial Day because of a a parade John Logan led in 1866. There's a city in Mississippi and one in Georgia, which also claims to be first. And as we just heard, Charleston, South Carolina is also in the running as the place where it all began. Congress, however, attempted to definitively settle the matter in 1966 when it declared Waterloo, New York as the birthplace for Memorial Day. So do you remember how on Mother's Day I told a story of the origins of Mother's Day, which either began with Anna Jarvis, Anne, or with Julia Ward Howe calling for a Mother's Day for peace. Here we see exactly the same thing. Competing narratives, which claim to tell the story of what happened. In other words, competing histories. All of these histories share one thing in common, though. They share the importance of Memorial Day as a day that our nation pauses for a moment to reflect on those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and the gift they gave us as citizens of this country. As we remember those who have made this ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms we enjoy every day, we think of how they have followed in the footsteps of those who came before them and of those that make history. God, please hold our service men and women in your strong arms. Cover them with your sheltering grace and your presence as they stand in the gap for our protection. We also remember the families of our troops. We ask for your unique blessings to fill their homes and we pray your peace, provision, and strength will fill their lives. May the members of our armed forces be supplied with courage to face each day and may they trust in the Lord's mighty power to accomplish each of their tasks. Let our military brothers and sisters feel our love and support. In your name, amen. I'd like to thank you for joining us once again today for our Memorial Day service. We are so grateful we could worship together. As we close this meeting, we ask you to walk with us everywhere we go. Help us to keep your words in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Thank you for giving us good health and enabling us to come to this place and glorify your name. Amen. Now, guys, it's Memorial Weekend. Make it a great week. And let us know if we can be praying for you. This Grand Life Theological Collective is based on the belief that there are many paths to God. 
God is the creator of the universe and smart enough to speak to all his people in diverse ways. And there are lessons from all religions and throughout the errors that we can all learn from together. To find out more about us, please visit us at our Facebook page at This Grand Life Theology or email us at thisgrandlifetheology at gmail.com. Both links are at the beginning of this episode. Remember, you can make your life and your world as grand as you want it to be. And thank you once again.